Stunt Podcast. Okay, we're live. This is Matthew, and I'm back with another special interview on the Spotlight series. Today, I'm really excited to dive into a music organization that you've probably seen over on Scent by the name of Sacred Beats, which bills themselves as an EDM and hip hop beat producing channel. And I'm speaking with one of the co-founders by the name of Imam. So I really am excited to dive into the EDM and hip hop scene down in Indonesia where they're based to talk about the convergence of music and crypto. Uh, so I, I just want to get started by welcome Imam to the show. Welcome um, to the spotlight. What's up? What's up? I'm Imam Kiko here, co-founder of Scootbeat. It actually says Scootbeat. Uh, before I introduce myself, uh, Scootbeat, uh, Scoot in a Indonesian slang, it means uh, fear, you know, like a FOMO, you know? Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. Because, because uh, we want people to FOMO in to our music when they can't listen it anymore. Um, that, that was totally one of the first questions I was going to ask you. What does Scoot mean? So it's awesome that that means FOMO. But Okay. So let's get into your background, uh, a little bit about who you are, what you've been doing, and then we can talk about like how Scood Beats came to be. Uh, okay, so first of all, uh, I used to be a biotechnology scientist, and then uh, I lost the job, and I realized that uh, a music genre these days, since a COVID pandemic, too much lockdown, people screw up in each genre. Especially in EDM, you know, EDM industry looks like screw up in their genre. People are bored listening just a simple trap, simple uh, deep house, or maybe just a simple R&B hip hop. You, you get a point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, me and my, my cousin, uh, FDL is actually our founder. He's uh, my cousin. He said, uh, hey, uh, should we uh, get back to... Uh, our old hobby. Uh, I know you lose job, and he said to me, "Then yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, we we start and make a beat again, and we actually uh, start only uh, made it on a F- of FL Studio Mobile, yeah. Uh, and then uh, when we tried it, the apps. Oh, the the apps. It sounds amazing. Uh, it's similar like in the PC, although it's not so so." fancy in the plugin not like in the pc you know mm-hmm. and then and then we start uh in uh, may 2020 and then uh what we think that we want to make a community label that has some interest to experiment between uh edm and hip-hop genre mix it up or make some uh right random uh experiment you know yeah sort of like that and then when we start uh we don't realize that this thing gonna be huge potentially, especially uh, that I said before the the whole music genre is screw up, and then uh, I said this to FDL then hey man uh, you should uh, make it this serious stuff and then push it push it up like uh, maybe make it like a huge label soon in the future like spinning record like Armada music you know Metro booming sort of stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then it's really crazy that you have this biotech background. Actually, before I joined Scent, uh, I'm actually a co-founder of Scent. But before I joined it, I was in biotech too. I worked for uh, a CDMO up here in Korea for for a couple of years. <laughs> so it's cool that we have that background. But like you were mentioning, FDL uh, came to you and said that you had this music as a, a background, a hobby that you have been cooking up. But I'm curious, like when in your life had you discovered that you had this passion for music? Um, like did this start before you were in biotech? Did this start when you were a kid? Tell me a little bit about the, the creative journey uh, music wise uh, that led you to music in the first place. And then ultimately to co-founding uh, Scoot Beats. So first of all, uh, I used to play uh, FL Studio PC a lot in uh, middle school. Yeah. And then uh, our hope uh, at that time to get, uh, yeah, you know, girlfriend, hot chicks, you know, with a cool, <laughs> yeah, yeah, your classic mindset at that time. Totally. And then, yeah, so we, we had a old uh, SoundCloud. Uh, if you check out, uh, search in the SoundCloud, uh, Imam Kiko and uh, Fadil Fadila. That's a uh, FDA real name. You search it and it appeared the uh, our old SoundCloud. And actually, the beat is sounds bad, so fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we don't know about uh, audio technical or sort stuff. We just middle schooler, and nobody teach us just uh, saw everything on YouTube for tutorial, even uh, we fail to understand it a lot, yeah. And then uh, when uh, I entered uh, high school, uh, I saw my, a lot of my friends come uh, have a DJ profession, yeah, and then I asked them how to make a beat properly, and then, yeah, I reworked it some, and then uh, when uh, we go separate ways. Uh, FDL goes to SEF uh, College. Yeah, he's a chef, actually. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I go to biotechnology major, so we stop making beat, focus on our college, and then uh, we just realized that our soul got lost, yeah, because uh, we usually make a beat a lot in the school days. And then, uh, yeah, after this pandemic, uh, I got disbanded uh, from uh, my previous job as a bio, uh, bioplastic researcher, yeah. And then FDL just uh, graduated for his self uh, college uh, this year. And then the problem is uh, people uh, can't open the restaurant right now. So FDL cannot get a job. So he just make a homemade catering for a living. But he think like this is a time uh, we we need to build uh, our m- music because we listen so much uh, EDM hip hop beats that that yeah you know uh, the beat itself is uh, for me for next five years is kind of boring maybe yeah, people need something fresh maybe something unexpected and we saw a uh, weird genius do you know weird genius? No, no. Who's that? Uh, so basically, uh, Indonesian uh, trio DJ. Uh, they released the song that viral on TikTok, named uh, Lati. 
Okay. The the title of song it basically uh, insert Japanese uh, percussion into the trap music, which is amazing. So when we we listen to that, uh, we we just agree that oh, we should start scoot beat now. That's the chance. Ah, that that makes a lot of sense there. And what I've listened to a lot of your beats, especially what you shared on scent. By created by you, and I'm curious, like based on your background, based on your personality, I always think that any creator, in their creation, they can be found somehow. Like whether it's an emotion, whether it's like a personality, I'm curious in your beats that you you've personally created. Like what part of yourself is reflected in your beats? Yeah, I'm kind of loner actually. When usually uh, I make I made my beats, uh, I usually think uh, I was on track to being myself alone, nobody dares, and then there's a come out. Yeah, I'm kinda ambivert, but mostly goes to introvert, sort of. Yeah, but different case with the FDL. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's also I think a really cool point. The fact that. You, there's multiple producers, right? There's you, there's FDL. I think that you have PA2 is someone else that came into the crew too. Um, yeah, yeah. He's uh, my my homie and he he is like semi-pro DJ in uh, Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he thinks like, oh, maybe I should uh, restart my DJ career. So he made beat and then uh, I joined him, collab, uh, make some uh, drop part of that song, yeah. It actually uh, wants to be a mix of trap and trance, but since mix uh, trap and trance is kind of difficult, he said, yeah, just make the progressive version of it, and let's see, uh, does people like it? And then we make the second version of it, which is uh, trance mix uh, trap, yeah. And our goal so far, uh, we want to build our community first, like, uh, we want uh, any beat producer, any DJ join our team, uh, uh, release their song in our community label, and then we start uh, going there, open the events, when the community start to become solid. Yeah, that's the goals for now. Hmm. And then have you gotten any any artists to record anything over your beats? Or now is it just creating the beats to build the community? Is, like, what is, what are you doing? And then like, what's the, the short-term goal? The short-term goals, uh, I just want to get the people attention with our experimental beats, uh, build up the solid community to produce uh, their song into our label. Uh, some collabs, yeah, with the local or maybe indie musician, indie beat makers. Mm-hmm. And then do you have any collaborations actually with any any artists like recording songs on top of your beats yet so usually uh i ask uh, some of friends uh, the whole uh other beat producers that uh produce this, the song in our label that you saw right now like let's say the humber charlie they they rap on the lo-fi song yeah have you listened that before beautiful we are is that the one you're talking about oh uh, that one is actually a remix for the famous Indonesian singer Hanindia. 
So FDL remix uh, Beautiful We Are from Han India. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it the he changed it the song uh, from the electro pop into a future house. Yeah, that song is tight. <laughs> I love yeah, yeah. I love that. But the other one I I don't think I listened to yet. What what's the name of the song title? Humber Charlie fit uh, FDL uh, Broken Home. Oh, okay. Let me give you a little taste. I'm on the SoundCloud now. Oh, that's tight. <laughs> I'm going to listen to that as soon as we wrap up. That's really tight. Yeah, yeah. So, Humble Charlie is uh, my homie also. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to sing in the Melayu rock background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why his vocal is kind of uh, ambient speechy when uh, he rap the song. Yeah, because... His basic is a Melayu rock song, and he moved to rap. Ah, okay. For now, like when you have the with humble Charlie, since he's uh, your homie, does that mean that like he's hopping onto the beats for free right now? And then this is kind of like a, a pure collaboration. He provides the vocals and the rap, and then you provide the 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 beats and the the music that he raps on top of, um, just to kind of build out your respective communities or like how, how does the, how are you going to be able to monetize this? Like how does that process work? For now, uh, Humber Charlie just came to us. They want to collect with us freely because he want to build uh, his music, music career too. And then he want to get some few first before monetize. Yeah. So far the only uh, monetize that we have in the beta sense Yeah, since uh, people can tipping, yeah, you know, and then uh, the rest we still uh, build up our other social media platform like YouTube, Instagram, uh, like TikTok. We also have a TikTok, but uh, people don't notice us mostly on TikTok, mostly on Instagram because uh, usually FDL always online on uh, our Instagram, and uh, he reach the community a lot in there rather than TikTok. Yeah. Well, that kind of gets me to the to what you're doing on Scent. And before we started recording, you you told me that you're pretty into to DeFi, and that's sort of how you found Scent. But I'm curious. I mean, because a lot of people they're they're they've been doing a lot of thinking and experimenting for how to combine music with crypto um, in a way to kind of make the music business better or the, the, the business side of music better. Right. And sent because we have this like primitive tipping and subscription feature is maybe one, one step there, but I'm wondering if you've given it any deeper thought, like how can musicians beat producers like yourself harness crypto to make, to make more money making music. Do you have any ideas there? I think uh, blockchain blockchain technology also profitable for musician content creator because the transparency that uh, they share their content, the validity of the content. So there's a hoax or cop, copycat content. You know what I mean? And then uh, it's good to see that uh, like like uh, I saw in the beta sense so far, uh, the mechanic uh, Ethereum tipping. Mm-hmm. I think it's quite helpful for the other content creator as creator as, as well in the future uh, when uh, 
actually the the one who brings good bit on the beta sign is me because I'm the one who uh, trading crypto and invest in crypto a lot. FDL doesn't know about crypto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny thing. And then he said, "Oh, just do it. Uh, you do you, man. Uh, <laughs> at least, at least uh, uh, we hope uh, if you bring a beta good uh, bit on the crypto community, it might grow some uh, new viewers. You know." being anti-mainstream and in some time want to go to mainstream you get the point right totally yeah 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 and then uh okay i'm do it i'm do it i so fdl said oh, i only focus on the community building and a, a bit quality you do you your marketing part yeah so i did it so i think yeah betasen is the biggest potential in music industry i think in future that's so dope uh because here's, here's the fact uh, that uh a lot of indonesian musician right now thinks that uh they need a new source of income right in this pandemic and uh as you can see the virtual concert is actually sucks because the singer or dj cannot interact with their uh, guests you know it's not real vibe you get the point right And then uh, they want, uh, like, they want to sell their uh, beat or their song, but they want to show it as, oh, this is my my pattern, this is my uh, content creator, as uh, bring their identity there that they want uh, people freely uh, tipping and give a comments freely without any, you know, uh, mainstream media control. You get the point, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So when the pure tipping and the any uh, any pure comment for the community comes to their content, they might think, oh yeah, maybe my music was wrong in the in the television or maybe in the mainstream media. It's not that uh, something they show the true things that the fans want to be, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, because most some uh, mainstream media cut it off. Uh, some uh, fans' uh, opinion that's going to extreme or maybe against the media that uh, suppress the artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the biggest problem. But here in the blockchain, a Web3 browser, Web3 social media like BetaSense, I think it's quite makes sense. I saw uh, another content in the BetaSense. Uh, it's about uh, sharing the knowledge, art, 3D video, mm-hmm. yeah, I saw a lot of them, and then I think the community uh, speak uh, more honestly than uh, in the mainstream media like YouTube, uh, like Twitter, yeah, or maybe a television platform. So the rich connection feels closer, whether it's uh, digital, it's online, rather than just depend on the existing social media. You get the point, right? Oh, totally. No, and that's that's really interesting. That's how you see it too. That kind of, I mean, for, on the the audience side, there's more honesty, and from the artist side, it's it's they're closer to the audience, right? And they don't have that kind of intermediary of like the 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 TV channel or the TV producer or whatever stepping in between them and kind of distorting the message between the artist. And the audience, right? I think that's 
that's definitely powerful. And since the money layer is right there and it can go directly from the audience to the artist, there's really no need for anyone else in the middle there. That's, uh, that's super cool that you see it like that as well. I'm wondering because on Onsent, there's actually a few other um, musicians and, and in the same genre, like in, in the hip hop, in the beat producing uh, area. I don't know if you've seen Dow Records on Sense um, or DJ yeah, Lethal. Yeah, DJ Lethal Skills. Um, they're they're Malaysian based, but they're trying to use like they they've been experimenting with tokenizing music, right? So kind of going for like a limited edition release, combining artwork with music. That once people buy the artwork, then they have exclusive access to the the beat that was kind of embedded within the, the NFT artwork that they sold. Um, that's definitely an interesting experiment, but it kind of keeps the music a little bit too under wraps. Like music is meant to be heard, I think. Um, but I'm just wondering like if there's any other experiments that you think you have been cooking up or thinking about that involves like the, the tokenized aspect uh, that you see a lot over on scent either combining art with the music or using the, the tokenization process for music in some interesting way? So for now, uh, we just uh, focus what we do first. Yeah, since uh, our shorter go- goals is we uh, build as many community as possible, community member. And then uh, we also uh, try to pre- uh, prepare for uh, our first video clip uh, music video for uh, one of our song. Yeah, I will uh, link it uh, later, not now, because we still ch- uh, try to choose with so- uh, which song is the best, the best one to make the first uh, our first movie video, move, music video. Yeah, and then when about the DAO records, uh, so they have uh, essentially uh, marketing also about the artist, digital artist, right? Not only the beats, because there's the fact uh, people usually uh, for the digital uh, artists that create a sort kind sort kind of uh, image uh, picture art that they can uh, put it on a museum or so, uh, sort of yeah. Mm-hmm. I think their idea is quite good since uh, that kind of art is the less being respect fully uh, present right now compared to music, compared to, uh, let's say, uh, film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that. But for now, for Scoot Beat itself, uh, we just want to build our community first since uh, we want to bring uh, our Indonesian listener, indie listener, to know how to use crypto as well, right? Because BetaSense is, is on the crypto, it's on a ERC20, Ethereum. We still focus on the general experiment for now. Since uh, you asked before uh, which kind of experimental to show uh, our unitivity, but uh, we just want to play with the general, basically. I feel that. that. That makes total sense. And now the, I'm really excited to kind of get into your inspiration musically. I feel like... Um, music is really beautiful because it's become so international and like 
artists that are familiar to me in the U.S. can be familiar to someone in India, can be familiar to someone in Indonesia, right? So I'm curious, like what what international music inspirations uh, do you listen to or do you like? Me personally is Tiesto. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Tiesto. Yep. Tiesto uh, used to be the godfather of trends before Armin Armin van Buren took the place. And then Tiesto feel bored uh, that trends has no room to grow. So he moved to other genre as well. And then because uh, he's uh, influential to go between the EDM genres, crossing over and mix it together. That's the concept that we want to bring it to Scootbit as well. Mm. And because of uh, Tiesto himself, I saw a lot of a new trends general like uh, psycho trends, dark trends, even a uh, psych- psychedelic, psychedelic trends. You know, it it uh, the basically the first come so calm and then it gets it gets so hot so suddenly with the heavy harp bass. You know, like like that's <laughs> that's intense. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and I think. What Tiesto did is only uh, experiment inside a genre, inside one genre, but they uh, pick the influence, uh, the inspiration for the other genre, not really mix it together as the one. Okay. Uh, if you're listening to my song, uh, Galau Fata, Fata Morgana, in Bahasa, Galau Fata Morgana is basically uh, like you kind of confused in Fata Morgana, you know? What's Fata Morgana? Like pandemonium, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like delusion, delusion. Delusion thoughts. Feel sad, confused in delusion thoughts. And if you're listening to that song, uh, it actually, I put a trap part inside the trance. Although, yeah, I'm not sure it's kind of good or not for others, but for myself, it's kind of great. Yeah, you should listen it up. It's worth. Yeah, I was just listening to it. It's definitely got that. It's really hypnotic is how I describe it. Um, and I can see, kind of like put myself in someone's mind that is like delusional. And I can kind of like feel feel where that's taking the listener. And uh, I just uh, give a vibe that uh, if you entrap yourself in someone's mind delusion and then you also got very sad, so suddenly without reason, because uh, that song uh, inspired me to create it because I used to be a schizophrenic person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So I got uh, like um, medium st- uh, medium step of uh, schizophrenia in the childhood. Yeah, so that's why I don't have a friend. That's why in early I said I'm kind of a loner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then... I think, oh, I will bring that vibe to my song. Let's see how it works. And then, yeah, there it is. Mm, that's tight. And I, we were talking a little bit about the impact of COVID on you personally. But I'm curious because this this genre of music, um, EDM and trance, it's, at least for me, it's really heavily associated with like big parties and clubs, right? like a lot of people together kind of enjoying together. It's people sinking to the beat and it's just like a magical experience. But now because of COVID, obviously people are like 
far away from one another or should stay far away from one another. So how, I mean, how is that impacting how people listen and experience to the music that you're making? So we try to make it uh, the song itself for the rhythm, the beat, the effects of the sound feels feels like uh, we bring the vibe about the story. Uh, it's the song has a title, right? And the title uh, describe uh, about the vibe that I want to bring it. Let's say the Galofatar Morgana that I explained before, right? I'm confused, feel sad, I'm trapped in someone else uh, delusion. I try to bring that, okay? Yeah, that's the point. And uh, for me it, itself, uh, no matter how hard uh, the situation is, no matter how bad you facing right now, people has a natural instinct want to party, right? Even uh, only with the close relative, yeah, you know, because COVID, people just, yeah. Even in, in Indonesia itself, uh, some of the middle high class make their uh, private club inside their house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, they only invite uh, the close relative and bring some DJ. So the, par- the party only like, yeah, 10 to 30 people, not much, and then they only uh, they only play the music about two hours, and then they go separate way again back to home. You know, although uh, some government here like, like to uh, check it out, make make sure uh, each of their citizen don't get closer a lot, but they they uh, they they choosing the time, so the government uh, cannot check it. Yeah. Right, right. And then, like, um, I, I know in terms of local music, you mentioned Lati and how they got kind of, like, blown up because of TikTok. I'm curious, are there any other, like, um, artists in Indonesia that you really, really like that you would like to recommend to folks? For me, for the EDM section, uh, you can listen to Diva Barus. Let me type in the chat name of artist. Uh, Diva Barus. So Diva Barus is actually an uh, electro R&B DJ in Indonesia. So he tried to collab as many as possible uh, with a famous or even legendary singer in Indonesia. So to to bring the EDM vibe to the local that still don't get it about EDM because in Indonesia. Uh, EDM influence is still low compared to dangdut. Dangdut is uh, like traditional uh, party mu- music in Indonesia. You should check it out. Okay. Yeah, dangdut music. Uh, so basically, uh, they use a traditional percussion, tambourine, and then a high pitch bass as the instrument. Some guitars, yeah. That's dangdut. And then when uh, EDM comes to Indonesia, in uh, I believe in uh, late 80s, in late 80s, after the disco era is end, the real EDM like trance, like uh, drum and bass, people preference at that time is not so much compared to dangdut. Even uh, today, dangdut is in Indonesia bring it inside EDM. They make a dangdut house, 
<laughs> di metang do trap yeah that's that's real thing that's real that's thing cool. yeah but I personally doesn't like dangdut a lot because the percussion is over tight yeah yeah the percussion is over tight since uh it's tra- traditional thing uh it doesn't mean I hate my culture no but my preference is not on that yeah no that totally makes sense and yeah EDM and trance it's it's almost like an acquired taste I remember the first time I heard it I didn't it didn't get it myself but you have to be in the right context or the right mindset and be exposed to the right type I think of of EDM music and then you kind of get it but all those factors at least for me personally had to align before I finally got it and it's interesting that still in Indonesia like uh like the more traditional music party music is is more dominant but that's that's the big opportunity i guess for you guys to kind of expose more uh indonesians to it because i mean indonesia is a huge country <laughs> like that's a huge potential opportunity as a musician uh the problem here uh like in indonesia the regulation for the artists is not clear for the government even the entertainment uh, industry in Indonesia it's still out of blue so sometimes yeah so is there like as an artist as a creator is it an atmosphere where like the the government could punish you if you make the wrong type of art no it's more like uh, of, uh, the regulation for the providing a well income a well uh, marketing or Yeah, because the government it itself, uh, when talk about the uh, entertainment industry, they kind of confuse. Okay, it's not confused with the art or uh, the type of music, but it confused with what they should do with that. In terms of the money, or yeah, money, money, always money. Ah, <laughs> uh, so well, since crypto is money, I'm curious. Um, this kind of leads me into this question. Like, what is the Indonesian government's stance on on crypto? Like, is crypto sort of like in a gray area right now? Or like, what does the Indonesian government think about that? Uh, government has a regulation uh, about BAPEPTI. Mm-hmm. BAPEPTI is like, uh, in English, uh, it, it elongates into a commodity uh, asset regulatory. Because they think uh, crypto is commodity. Okay. Yeah, they think commodity. And as most Indonesian think uh, crypto is uh, like Forex. Or maybe they think uh, crypto as a bond, you know? Yeah, usually people uh, invest on bond and then uh, traditional bond sounds wacky. It sucks, you know? And then they just choose crypto as alternative. Yeah, sort of. And then I know you were saying that you're into like the DeFi side of crypto. Like, how many how many other Indonesians are also into DeFi? Like, was the whole like yield farming craze is that exploded in Indonesia yet, or is it still just a few people? Only in big city, like Jakarta. Yeah, Jakarta, Bali, Surabaya, those kind of big city that are. Uh, implode the crypto even not so much people thinks uh some people here thinks uh, mostly uh, crypto is like 
is not just speculative asset, it's a gambling asset. Because uh, some of uh, most of these people doesn't want to learn about blockchain technology, doesn't know to know it at least as the yeah current knowledge lah. They don't don't get it. And in Indonesia it, itself, uh, only rich people that can play DeFi. And I personally, uh, since I I'm uh, in middle class, only middle class, so I play DeFi. As only learn the feature not on daily, yeah. Because you know Ethereum gas fees going <laughs> insane. Yeah, Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that yeah. Seriously, fucked. I totally agree. Yeah, I, I almost lose about uh fifty dollars only for fees. <laughs> oh man, no, I feel you. It's tough. Yeah, and. And you know a conversion a uh, dollar to rupiah it's so bad you know mm. one dollar is a uh, fifteen thousand rupiah mm-hmm. it's a lot <laughs> <laughs> that's like way too much no yeah, yeah. the gas problem is uh, we got to get that sorted asap it's it's really tough yeah, but that's but- why like at least on scent we have like a layer two solution so using using the ethereum on scent it's not painful. Um, but getting it in, you still need to have that, that gas transaction. And once you get it out, if you want to spend it somewhere else, you got to pay that gas. So you always have to be super mindful of when you want to do something. And it's, especially when it comes to DeFi and and when timing is really important, a lot of times uh, it's painful, man. It's seriously fucked. Yeah. Um, but since, uh, Indonesian, uh, fiat currency is not suitable for Ethereum DeFi. Mm Mm-hmm. Most uh, people in Indonesia try Tron DeFi. They go into Tron. Ah, yeah, makes sense. I mean, a lot of people are going into these alternative blockchains that don't have these gas fees for that very reason. And like you know, on Cent, there's a lot of like crypto artists, and they've been up until recently almost exclusively on Ethereum, right? But now because of these gas fees, like for artists to mint and tokenize their their work they've had to pay like hundreds of dollars if the gas fees are super high. So they've been jumping onto like Hive blockchain, EOS, and it's just because of those gas fees, it's killer. It's like a deal breaker for a lot of creators. Uh, so far, Indonesia also have uh, their uh, blockchain ecosystem coin called Vexanium. Have you ever heard before? No, no, no. I've never heard of that. Is that created by the government? No, no, no. It's created uh, by Danny Baskara. Uh, basically, uh, a programmer in Indonesia built that. Ah, okay. Yeah, you should check it out. Uh, in uh, CoinGecko, has a uh, rank about uh, 500, 600. Okay. Could you share the name too in the messages too? Just so I make sure I in the show notes, I include the proper spelling and everything. Let me type it. And they also have a uh, cheapest DeFi called uh, FaxRack, basically uh, resource uh, blockchain lending. So they, you buy uh, you buy their uh, blockchain resource energy, and then you're lending it uh, similar as a bond. Uh, okay. Yeah. So no matter the fluctuation of the Faxanium price is, the price always keep going up. That's really interesting. Yeah, I feel like we're, there's so many more experiments to be run 
when it comes to crypto, even though Ethereum and the Ethereum network in my eyes is like where it's at, especially for, for creators, um, that it's still so, so early. So it'll be interesting to see all these other blockchain ecosystems emerge. And, uh, I usually like to keep these conversations pretty short and sweet, but before we go, I want to make sure uh, I let you shout out all the channels that folks should be following Scoot Beats at. So I know you have a SoundCloud, um, but let folks know if there's any other channels that they should follow you on. And then if you have any like upcoming beats that you're going to be dropping, let people know like when you're going to do that so they, they can be on the lookout. So, For social media, uh, we mostly active on Instagram and YouTube, also on uh, SoundCloud, right? Yeah. And even uh, if you open our YouTube, in uh, every video description, uh, we provide our uh, Bitcoin address, uh, our Vexanium address here for Indonesian users want to tipping their crypto. And then we provide also, uh, yeah, Dogecoin if you want to spend some Dogecoin. Dogecoin is cheap, right? Yeah, you can tip any Dogecoin you want yeah, in uh, our YouTube video description. And uh, most likely, uh, if you check uh, our Instagram profile or uh, yeah, any other our social media, uh, we provide our link tree, uh, link that uh, connect to every social media that we have. We also have a Facebook page recently. Yeah, you should, you should check it out for the Facebook page. And uh, we update their uh, new updates every day. Even uh, for the upcoming song, uh, you should uh, keep notice for our uh, Instagram and TikTok since uh, we made those for uh, promoting our teasers, music teasers. And in the future, uh, we might um, have a lot of collaboration with uh, some of indie vocalists, uh, to put into our song and also uh, if you check it out uh, Adam Alvarez aka in the beta scene have you ever yeah totally yeah on our page uh, he want to release uh, his uh, second song heavy uh, heavy uh, trap hip hop stuff but uh, we will uh, tell uh, announce it uh, later for the for the title uh, he's still working it out Yeah, you should uh, follow us as well in Instagram because usually we update the teasers first on Instagram and then put it uh, under uh, other social media. Uh, and make sure uh, if you guys want to uh, sign up or join, become our team, yeah, another shout out, uh, you can uh, open our Instagram page and then uh, there's a story hyperlink that show how to join. You can check it out and then send uh, your song, your video clips, or maybe uh, your cover album as well in uh, our Instagram, in our email. Or you can DM my personal Instagram at Imam Kiku or uh, FDL Real Instagram, Mr. Fadila14 to want, if you want to join in our team. Got it. Yeah, and then I know you have you shared your link tree in sent with all your social media uh, channels. So I make sure to link that in the show notes for the podcast when we release it. Uh, but I want to say, uh, Imam, it's been a pleasure talking to you and digging into what you're doing with Scoot Beats. 
all about what's happening in Indonesia when it comes to the EDM music scene and crypto. It's been fascinating. And hopefully this is just the, the first conversation of many because it feels like as uh, Scent builds out, we could definitely help not just Scoot Beats out, uh, but the rest of the Indonesian EDM music scene too. So I think that would be a really cool partnership potentially. So just thank you for your time hopping on here and I hope that you keep on creating. Yeah, thank you a lot. Thank you. See you, see you. See you, dude.